When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. And I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? I felt the need to do a quite serious voice there at the beginning. Solemn. Uh, because it's been a solemn. very solemn. It's been mm. a serious day for yeah. football. We're recording this on Sunday evening, as we normally do, or try to, for the uh, Iron Filings Society subscribers. They get it a little bit earlier. Uh, so we're recording on Sunday evening, and of course, the events that have unfolded at Old Trafford this afternoon have... Uh, sent a shockwave throughout mm. the game, I believe. Uh, if, if you, well, if you you've want to used two words there <laughs> that do signify a very serious and solemn situation, and they are mm. <clears throat> unfold. Mm. There's been an <laughs> unfolding, and when you yeah. know that something has unfolded rather <laughs> yeah. than simply happened, Just happened then you, it, yeah. you know it is a time for the nation to take note. Yeah. And also, We're not talking about unfolding... Uh, a, a tea towel, are we? No. Or a sheet of paper. These are events that have These unfolded. are events. You can't easily unfold events yeah. because they're made of strong, strong fibre. Once they're unfolded, they cannot be refolded, right? No, absolutely not. All, they can, all that can be done is to analyse what you see. Yeah. And yeah. secondly, you used an even more serious phrase, and that is shockwaves. Shockwaves. Shockwaves yeah. have been sent, Right. And these are two things. So if you're not fucking sitting up and thinking, okay, this isn't going to be a usual top flight time machine, right, where they're talking about their hoovers and and their napping habits and whatnot, (laughs) right? (laughs) Which is what you all tune in for usually. Mainly, yeah. This is something, this is a crisis episode. It's it's unprecedented. It's not what you came for. The hoovers and the napping aren't what you came for, but it's what you're staying for, isn't it? Exactly. That's what it is. Sorry, Sam. I would say... This could, this unfolding is right up there mm. with the time a few years ago when a dog got into my daughter's school playground. That, that is it's how right seriously we are taking yeah. the events that have unfolded and sent shockwaves through yeah. football. Absolutely. I mean, if you're not aware of it, uh, there was a protest outside Old Trafford about about the, the ownership of the Glazers, yeah. which has gone on now for 16 years, I believe, at Old Trafford. Mm. And they still haven't shifted them, they've but they've they've, they've upped the ante recently because of the uh, Super League shenanigans, uh, and they're holding the Glazer ownership at arm's length now, mm. with their fingers pinched together as if it's something that just fucking reeks that they've just pulled out of the uh, out of the dog's ass. Mm. <laughs> um, so they've had a little protest there, and some of the fans—I don't know if they're fans—they may just be, you know, troublemakers, civilians, troublemakers, ruffians. Um, got into the stadium, got onto the pitch. Um, slightly similar to the the invasion of the Capitol building in Washington a few months oh. ago. Not oh, the they same. haven't shot anyone, have they? No, exactly, not the same. Thank but that God. whole there was that exuberance there among them, 
I saw some of them sort of hugging each other and jumping up and down gleefully on the pitch. Um, didn't feel all that protesty. It felt like more kind of like naughty well, boy stuff. Because it's the thing is, it's they're having a good time because it's a laugh to do stuff like yeah. that. There's no getting away from it. Doing things that are a bit anarchic like that, mm-hmm. like breaking into Old Trafford and running about on the pitch, knowing that the TV camera's watching. Let's be honest, that is a right laugh. And it's the sort of situation where you just start giggling in quite a yeah. high-pitched way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't believe it. you've done it. it. You know that you that trouble will be just around the corner. You, you may be punished. You may get yeah. a kick in from Plod. But... Mm. You might as well just relish the moment. Yeah, live it up. That's what these lads are doing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not um, condemning this. No. I'm not really condoning it either. I'm not, I've seen a lot of Lampard-type behaviour on social media oh, about it. Oh, God, all I can imagine. What, what, I, they had the right to protest, but once they step over the threshold into the stadium <laughs> and are trespassing yeah. and are treading <laughs> on the hallowed <laughs> turf, enough is simply enough. Yeah. If you wa- if you have a point, a legitimate point to make, then please do so <laughs> using the formal channels that are available to all of us in this free country that we are lucky enough to live in. But do not cause disruption for others. <laughs> so there's been tons of that going on. Um, I tell you what, I tell you, it is great at times like this when you want, if you want a real <laughs> Lampard about a situation like this, and actually. I know the bloke's quite a nice bloke, right? But he goes so uh, Lampard go- when any vote. It's Jim White. I was going to try. Oh, Jim White. I was going to think we'll see how no, he Jim there. White on Talk Sport. He, like, right. nice yeah. guy. But if any football fans do anything a little bit mad, yeah. right? He goes fucking ancient. Like, if you tune into him tomorrow, it'll be like. I think yeah. we should bring back capital punishment for these people, <laughs> right? Like, all they did was run around on a football pitch for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Jim White's not as tall as you think he'd be. No. Is he? No. That's a secret for you. When he gets but, angry um, about disruptive football fans, the, he, 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 he can he, almost appear like he's 10 foot tall because he, of the rain. He raises rain. himself. Raises he becomes himself like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. yeah. The Incredible Hulk of talk sport. Um, but, you know, like so, the thing about football fans being disruptive, right? I mean, nowadays, I live a quiet life, right? But mm. the thing is is that being disruptive, not hurting people, right? Don't mm. believe in violence. But being a little bit disruptive and, and anarchic, especially when you're younger, is part of the appeal of going to football. And actually, yeah, these guys who are doing this today are making a serious point. And to be fair to these United fans, I mean, I'm not up to speed on this situation, but to be fair to these United fans, from day one, they have been flagging the Glazers. And back then... What did you say? It was sixteen years ago, right? I yeah. would have been. I've been very cynical. Oh, fucking hell! That that you know, they're this multi-million-pound club with all these star players. They win the fucking league every season, but they've got a fucking whinge because they don't like the way that the yeah. these these rich people are running their football club. So yeah. with you, I'm not. I, I'm not interested. I'm not. My heart does not bleed for Manchester United, but they were fucking mm. right, and I was wrong because. They fucking flagged the fact that these were American businessmen who didn't understand the club or the cultural significance and yeah. were running it like a business. And that would eventually 
run it as a as a cultural and social entity, which is what football clubs should be. That will yeah. be that will uh, that will be eroded to the point at which it just becomes like a sort of a, a, a tedious and cynical business interest. And they knew it really that. Is though. I know, I know it is. But what I was saying, what I and probably other people who weren't Man U fans were saying 16 years ago when they tried to do a breakaway team and all the rest of it, yeah. I was like, ah, fucking shut you in the league every year. I couldn't give a fuck. What are you moaning about? But, you know, they're right. Well, it's kind of up to a point. I mean, the breakaway team, I was just looking and it gets an average of 3,000 fans going to watch it every week. So... Mm. You know that that died the death. That died the death quite quickly after well, yeah, well, uh, Fergie delivered it. a bunch more Premier Leagues and the, and the Champions League for them. So I haven't got a lot of sympathy for any of the fans of the Big Six. I'm really sorry. I know I should, but I I, I really haven't. I really haven't. It's like Manchester United fans have spent a billion quid on players in the, the last few years and. Um, it, it smacks a little bit of like Boris Johnson this weekend complaining that he can't live on 150 grand a year. <laughs> Fucking, you know what I mean? No, but, um, but I see it differently now about football clubs is that, and football fans, and West Ham fans, like fans of every club, really guilty of this, right? This is what it is. The way the clubs are being run is that they quite simply live way beyond their means. All yeah. of them do, yeah. right? And as a result, the game is getting fucking run into the ground and clubs are like desperate. They're like rats on a fucking sinking ship trying to find any way to sustain a model that they know is unsustainable. However, the fans complain about that, right? But simultaneously, the fans are moaning and the the nature of most fans who moan, right? West Ham Mm. fans really like this in recent years. The club, the main complaint you will ultimately hear from most football fans about the owners of the club, and they all hate the owners of the club. No one goes, oh, I love the owners of our club. The main fucking complaint is they don't spend enough. They are convinced, everyone, every West Ham fan is convinced, right, that David Sullivan and David Gold have millions of pounds, both from their own private fortune, which they believe they should be spending on place, Their, their own private fortune. They should be spending on players. On top of that, they think that the income that the club is generating is like hundreds of millions that the owners of the club are pocketing rather than spending on star players, right? That is the problem. And the fans are constantly fucking... I'm not completely blaming the fans. What I'm saying is we're all fucking complicit in this mad fucking merry-go-round, right? Yeah, totally. And, and, And we put pressure that we want more, 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 more star players, right? We want more star players. We want more fucking success. We want more glittering fucking mad last days of the Roman Empire football. Everyone's fucking involved. And the fans were simultaneously having a right fucking meltdown every summer against the board, right? Yeah. Because they're not signing fucking Ronaldo and Messi, right? And then later in the season, we're having a right fucking go at them and not running the club properly or, or with any proper financial sense. All the fans are complicit well, in all of this. Exactly, exactly. If any club, especially in the big six, came out and said, right, look, this has got out of control and this club is going to be in serious jeopardy if we carry on like this. Therefore, we are not going to spend any money yeah. on new players for two years. The fans would be on the fucking well, streets Tottenham. in the draws. That, that's sort of like, I was just having, I was just out having a run with my mate who's a Tottenham fan. And now I'm going, oh, yeah, you know, we were talking about how Tottenham seemed to be struggling to find a new manager. And he's going, well, you know, 
who's going to come in now with the, the, the reduced transfer budget has already got this rumour that they're going to have nothing to spend. But it's like, yeah, because you're in loads of debt because you built a gigantic stadium, right? Mm. And then because you, you, you it, it's it's thrown you into a, the verge of financial ruin in spite of the fact yeah. that you own hundreds of millions from the fucking TV deal. Yeah. But it's irrelevant how much you're earning from the TV deal and go seats because however much you earn, you're spending more. And this isn't just Tottenham, this is everyone, right? But the Tottenham fans are fucking fuming about the Super League, but they don't realise that two things are linked. The reason Daniel Levy would have said yes to the Super League is because he's been driven to the point of fucking financial collapse by yeah. the fact that they built a massive stadium and... They shot for the moon. They spent all this money on on building a team with the view of thinking, well, it'll pay off if we win the league or the Champions League. And they didn't because ultimately only two teams can win those fucking competitions every exactly. year. It's fucking yeah. mad. It's a mad yeah. gamble if you're banking on winning that shit. Spurs did what Darlington did 20 years or so ago. George Reynolds, remember him? The, the safe cracker who took over a Darlington and tried to sign Faustino Espria at one point. And he built he built a 25,000-seater stadium on the outskirts of Darlington to right. try and make them into one of the big clubs of the northeast. And uh, he hadn't worked out that because the road access to the stadium wasn't sufficiently strong or there wasn't enough roads there, he couldn't even get a safety certificate to get 25,000 people in there. They could only get something like 15,000 people tops, so it was just a white elephant. So eventually Darlington collapsed. And now Darlington play a non-league. And just because a club is in the top six and are calling themselves the big six, they haven't got a divine right to exist in that bubble. It's all an illusion, but the fans, we as fans, I'm not, I want to make it clear, I'm not lecturing fans as if I know better, because I really sincerely mean West Ham fans too, and me personally, right? All going fucking mad. Do you, if you, you know, you want the club, you insist that the club... Spurs fans would say, we insist, we are a top club, we're in the top six, we need to compete. And you hear it all the time go, we need to be going out and signing the sort of player. How come United are going out and signing him? We should Mm. have signed Cavani, right? And then Mm. you get, and then lower down, lads, you get the same. So West Ham fans will be going, why aren't we signing who Spurs sign? That's where we should be competing, that's where the level is, right? And it's like, forget what your fucking neighbours are doing, because what they're doing might be beyond you or even if it, it's just insane what they're doing have a yeah. club that is run fucking properly so you don't yeah. eventually risk going out of business look at Leeds United how long it took them to recover from Peter Risdale exactly. Peter Risdale just started spending money willy nilly again on a fucking huge gamble that they could win the league or the Champions League and they did really well people forget about it. they came very close to doing both the those semi-final things. Champions League didn't but they? you yeah, can only the re- well. only two yeah. clubs can win it so I mean it's the maddest gamble in the world if your business model is based around winning one of a handful of fucking competitions. Uh, but it's not even about that. Right. It's about coming. It's about coming in the top four. If so, if if Daniel Levy said we're jumping off of this, I learnt my lesson from the Super League. I could see people's reaction. I realised it was mad that we were going to increase the success even further to try and fix the fucking mess we got ourselves into. And so I've had a long, hard thing. I've listened to fans, and I think that this club needs to start being run on a more sustainable model where constant growth is not our game, is not our goal, and actually just sustainability is our goal, right? And Mm. the Spurs fans would go, fucking 
ape shit. Yeah. And and I'm not having a dig at Spurs because it would be the same at West Ham or anywhere. It'd All be of fun. them top People six would. People would go ape shit. All of them top six would. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you are the big six suggests that you're not fucking struggling, you know, mm. in terms of uh, league positions, qualifications for Europe. It is, it's like fucking Boris Johnson complaining that he needs 300 grand a year to survive, to live on. I, I, as a supporter of a club that's in League One and that's been through a fair bit of shit and I've seen lots of other clubs, every fucking club in this country, like you said, here to their owners, 75% of the clubs in the EFL have suffered at the hands of shit owners mm. and have had a campaign to get rid of them. And I, I don't see why this is any different and why this is getting the spotlight. I know why it's getting the spotlight, because it's Manchester well, United. It is and, Manchester and United, and Manchester United are the biggest club in the country, and they are culturally significant. I mean, that is the thing about United are different. And I think it is, it's a big story if something like this goes down at United. I think that's legitimate. I don't know. care if it goes down. If, if, if I don't care if they don't, if they get removed from that position that they're in, that lofty position, because yeah. there's an assumption that you said culturally significant, as if it's if it's something that's woven into the cultural fabric. Look at Huddersfield. Look at Blackpool. Look at clubs like yeah. um, even like Sunderland in the 1930s. Yeah. They were the big clubs. Wolves were a massive club. And then Wolves went all the way down and almost ended up dropping out of the fourth division and had to come back again. There's no fucking divine right. No, I'm not saying there's a divine right, but I can see why there's a lot of focus on it. At, at, yeah, on yeah, yeah. At Man United. I'm not yeah. saying that they should be preserved. I don't agree. I think it's an insult to the fans of all these other clubs. Sheffield Wednesday, Derby County, all these clubs that have had points deducted and yeah. punishments for basically the mistakes of their owners. I think it's very insulting to all of them that uh, the excuse for not punishing these clubs in the same way is that it affects the fans. Well, this is this is my question. Where Where's the sanctions? Where's the punishments? Well, when you have, have to have consistency. Are they coming? You have to have, no, of course they're not. And the reason they're not is that the Premier League will think we cannot afford to fuck up. They believe that their success hinges upon Liverpool and Manchester United being complicit. But what I think is, well, two things. One one is the game lives or dies on how fair it is. So if you've set a precedent of punishing clubs, the English game has set a precedent of punishing clubs for the misdemeanors of their owners, then you can't just say to yeah. the big clubs, well, we'll let you off. The second, yeah, yeah. so you, you have to do it irrespective of the consequences. But actually, I think they're wrong about the consequences because I think the fucking country is full of gigantic fucking football clubs. Like, football is massive. So Sunderland are a good example. And I said it before. Sunderland, Newcastle, Everton, Aston Villa, Leeds United, West Ham, Mm. Sheffield Wednesday, right? These clubs, in terms of their fan base, their history, the passion that surrounds them, their stadiums, are up there with all these big six clubs. Really, Everton, you know, another really good example. But much, bi- let's be fair. Everton are a much bigger club than Spurs by every fucking measure, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so like and Chelsea, yeah, exactly. And so you sort of think, you know, it's actually a bit sort of stupid and short sighted to shit yourself that you're dependent on these clubs. If these clubs went, if they joined the Super League, I mean, just fuck them off. The Premier League would just, there'd be a reset, the, yeah. the, you know, and there would be a new bunch of clubs and it might be more closely competed. 
But it doesn't fucking hinge on Liverpool and Manchester United with their millions of fucking fans out in the Far East, which seems to be a massive preoccupation. Surely it's mm. the fans here in the UK that make those clubs appealing in the first nope. place. No, nope. they're not relevant anymore. They're not relevant. I said this before. They're just window dressing now. They don't matter. Old Trafford, right? Old Trafford gets 75,000 people through the doors. Yeah. They're just window dressing. Manchester United have got 40 million followers on Instagram. They're the customers. That's the customer base. Yeah. That's who Manchester United do you not owners think are trying to in, reach when, out to. Don't, don't you think, right, in 10 years' time, say Manchester United were booted out of the Premier League and they went and competed in the Super League and the Super League became a little bit of a tedious sideshow that no one took seriously because there was no jeopardy and there was just a yeah. load of fucking glamour teams playing exhibition matches which is what it would seem like right jalapeno here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our iron filing society patreon offering for the price of a pint and a saint clements each month you can get up to four episodes a week nine months before the rest of the world gets them early access to regular episodes Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Jalapeño. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. But in the meantime, let's use as an example... Everton, right, mm-hmm. become quite dominant. Or, in or West Ham. Yeah. Oh, we could say West Ham, right? But whoever, just to pick to pick a club at random, let's say yeah. Everton or Villa, like take the opportunity in the absence of Liverpool and Manchester United to build their a dynasty, they appoint the right manager, they start to win loads of games. The window dressing, which is relevant in as much as let's say it was Everton and you had Goodison Park full to capacity every fucking week. And whenever you saw them on the telly, the atmosphere was fucking incredible, which is why the Premier League is the most popular league all around the world. Because when you watch it, it's not just the action on the pitch, it's the fucking intensity that surrounds it, right? So you've got all that going down at Everton. uh, And then you've got all these other clubs in the fucking anyone, Norwich and Southampton, whoever, right, are all fucking competing and going for it. And teams are beating each other. I think 10 years maximum... These other clubs become like joke clubs, like the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah. some sort of weird franchise business that have basically been bought off the market by eccentric billionaires, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, where does the popularity and the appeal of football come from? It's from football. It's not from brands. They think it's from brands and commercial business and being sure oh, they're very good at the way they run their brand. I remember when I went and did a story on Arsenal years ago, 442, I spent some time there. And they were just, they, they didn't want to talk about football. The, the, the chief executive wanted to talk to me nonstop about the commercial opportunities that they'd opened in places like Africa in order to compete mm. with Manchester United there on a commercial basis, right? And I'm thinking, but you don't understand. None of this happens unless the football itself is going well, right? And so 
those clubs can become irrelevant and the fans just and then it, as a consequence what I was going to say was as a consequence if Everton do become that team in 10 years time Everton have 40 million followers on Instagram yeah. because everyone's going around my mate said in, in Thailand she's married to a Thai lady he's back and forth quite a lot he said in Thailand everyone's fucking walking around in Leicester shirts these days anyway he said it's the well, most yeah, popular but- shirt you see on the street because it's owned by a Thai yeah, person exactly. so, so what yeah. I'm saying is it's not it's not like it's not static, is it? It's like well, it another club that, that, becomes popular instead of Man U. But th- that that's not going to happen for one main reason. That is because the Premier League TV deal is about to be renegotiated. Mm. So there's absolutely no way that they're going to sanction those big six clubs in any significant way. They're not going to relegate them, which is what they fucking should do. They because fucking should. The, yeah, what I'm yeah, saying is should. they should because it would ultimately for us as fans. Really, proper football fans, it wouldn't make a big difference. It yeah, exactly. But it's not going to happen it's, because the Premier League doesn't. It's, it's like the clubs itself; they don't give a fuck about the fans in England. It's not an English league; it's a global league, mm. and they're bothered about selling the rights, the TV rights, all around the world. Do you yeah, know what, what I'm I mean? saying? Not, is, is that they'd still be able to? They might not. Yeah, straight but away. not for the same. Yeah, they wouldn't get any, anywhere near the same amount of money, and that's all they care about. And that's the fucking greed juggernaut that got set in motion in 1992 and has got faster and faster and faster for nearly 30 years. And now it's skidded off the road and everyone's having a fucking massive existential crisis about everything. Yeah. But but they've all been they've all been clinging to the fucking juggernaut for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. And so, that's what I said you know, at the beginning. you can't complain and I, when and it comes I have, to this. I have, you know, because you get used to certain things. Like when, West, when I was a kid, West Ham were like, you know, West Ham's team was, like most teams, was a sort of, you know, a, a concoction of some players from the youth, some local lads from the youth team, mm. a couple of, like, Scots or Irish who had come in early in their career and been scouted from a Scottish or Irish team, and usually maybe one, maximum two signings who yeah. were quite, like, high-profile people you'd yeah. spent money on from a... It almost, almost turned out to be shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost always from a club who felt like they were just slightly below you in the pecking order. So West Ham yeah. would often go and buy players as QPR star player. So yeah. when I was a kid, we bought Phil Parks. He was the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. 400 grand, yeah. right? And then we bought Paul was, Goddard from them as was well. Was Trevor Sinclair a similar deal? Well, Trevor Did Sinclair came years later, but yeah, right. he came after they'd been relegated. So yeah, and Martin Allen. So we had this thing of we bought players from them. But then... Tottenham would buy players from us. So Tottenham bought players like Paul Allen off of us. And then yeah. years later, they bought fucking loads of them. And um, and that was what a team was. And you were kind of generally okay with that. Although I've never told you this before, but I did in about 1987 write a letter to John Lyle <laughs> imploring him to spend more money in the transfer market, right? <laughs> It was. I remember the letter. It was so. Tw- it was really pompous, right? And I'd have been yeah. about twelve, and I really thought I knew it all about football. And I was so pompous, and I'd scouted some players from the lower divisions who I thought would be, be, be yeah. marvelous additions to our team. But it was yeah. so like I was like, it's just that we have always thrived by bringing players through our famous academy youth system. But now I'm afraid that in order to compete at the necessary level, we I remember writing, <laughs> it's time to get your wallet out, Mr. Lyle. 
<laughs> you look he wallet. didn't do a, uh, an Arthur Cox on you. Do you remember that story when New- Arthur Cox was at Newcastle oh, and a fan yeah. wrote in and slagged him off and Arthur Cox invited him to come in for a chat? Yeah. And uh, this fan went into the office and Arthur Cox stood up and locked the door. <laughs> and the office had had it out with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Lyle, by all accounts, was a, there's a guy who comes on one of the West Ham podcasts and uh, he used to be... He's a TV producer these days, but a TV except But when he started out, he was a local journalist on like the Newham Gazette or one of the local papers out there that cover West Ham. And uh, he was like a cub reporter in the days when, you know, this would have been the 70s probably, in the days when you could still sort of, you'd rock in and sit down and have a cup of tea with the manager on a Friday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To talk over <laughs> yeah. what the team... I'll tell you what the team lineup is. And he said he went in there and one time he misquoted John Lyle or published a slightly mischievous story. And John Lyle right. was at this lovely sort of everyone's granddad. John Lyle, you always look at him, you sort of imagine he smelled a little bit of cologne and scotch. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And cigar <laughs> smoke. Yeah. And he had like a crombie but draped on his shoulders. And he had that wonderful sort of, what do you call it, a pompadour hairstyle. Sort of a grey yeah. quiff. Yeah. bit like when you see pictures of Paul Weller's dad. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he um and he so he had this sort of like lovely benign and all the players from that were going, Oh, he was like a dad to us. But like any East End sort of you know, character of that yeah. era and he fucking pinned this bloke I know up against the wall. He went, Yeah. Oh hello, son. Step inside, I'd like a quick chat with you. And then as soon as the door shut, he had him up against the wall, it was like, Listen, you <laughs> little cunt. I will fucking finish you. I will fucking squash you like a fucking ant. Like that. He said he'd never been so scared in his life. So I wouldn't have known that at the time when I wrote my pompous letter to John Lyle. But anyway, the point was, you were just more or less, notwithstanding my silly letter to John Lyle, you were more or less happy with that. You weren't... What I wasn't doing was going, it's a disgrace. Why aren't we competing with Kenny Dalglish's Liverpool? Do you know what I mean? But now, in the era of the Premier League, everyone wants more, don't they? But the thing is, the Premier League doesn't even... The Premier League isn't 20 clubs. Because I had a look, and in the five seasons before this, before this one, there is 11 clubs that have been in for that entire time. So you've got 11 clubs, let's say, that, that, that constitute the Premier League, including mm. the big six. The other nine, they are just fucking guests. They're yeah. just fodder. They're just fodder. They'll probably down. go down again, and then they'll have to deal with all of the shit that comes with being relegated from and the Premier League. And they get the parachute into, payment, but if they, they don't the come straight payments, back up, yeah, they, they sometimes end up. They're the ones who plummet. Bolton big, are at the bottom of the bottom division at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, Do you remember? Yeah, they they were like yeah. fucking mainstays of the top half of the Premier League for a long time yeah. under Allardyce. Exactly, exactly. So there's no guarantees, and no one's got a divine right to be at the top and to be successful and to be in a big six and if you are in the big six and you're complaining about the fortunes of your club well I mean I really struggle to sympathise because you've been complicit in them getting there and staying there and if it does go tits up and you do get relegated then that's happened points have been deducted right throughout the EFL clubs have gone into fucking administration clubs have gone into liquidation Bury FC doesn't exist anymore Yeah, Darlington got a big stadium and then vacated because they couldn't afford to, to run it, and now they're in non-league as well. So, I don't know. Football is just fucking absolute dog shit chaos. But the good side <laughs> of it all has been that this was all covered by um, 
Mika Richards, Roy Keane, and Graham Souness this afternoon, and there were some right. lovely moments when that was all happening. I um, missed all of this. What did Roy make Roy, of it? I mean, Gary Neville was down pitch side as well with Jimmy oh, Carragher as well. Jimmy Carragher again, speaking a lot and not really saying much, but yeah. um, very, very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, fucking lots of fast words, but not a lot being said. Um, Roy was bang up for this. He says the Manchester United fans are protesting. They've got every right to protest. They've had enough. Uh, and he says, and what's more, this is just the beginning. <laughs> There's more to come, he's saying. And at one point, they'd be, they'd be talking, and they mustn't have revealed this because Graham Sooners at one point went, look, look, I'm going to, let's stop beating around the bush here. At one point earlier today, someone threw a flare up at the stage where we're sitting. Someone threw a can of beer at us. He says, Someone threw a flare. If that had landed on the canopy below us, that could have set fire. If that had hit us, one of us on the head, we'd have been scarred for life. And <laughs> wow. Kane was kind of just like, eh. Kane was like, it's just a, it's just a flare, Graham. It's just a flare. <laughs> if, if someone had chucked a flare up at me, I would have caught it and put it in my mouth like one of them fire breathers then- of Opportunity Knocks. I would have, ah, sm- I would have pretended it was a cigar and I would have pranced up and down like one of them millionaire types. <laughs> he's good. He's oh, good. look at him. Me with my flair. He's got grip. We've all had bottles thrown at us when we've been on team buses before. It's not a big deal. Come on, Graham. I had you down as a real man, but you're making me yeah. think of you as a baby now. You, you, you're yeah. worried about bottles and flares now. Come on. This doesn't mean Grim anything Sooners. to either of us. I'd eat the bottle and I'd eat the flare too right in front of you and I'd stay in the eyeballs when I was doing it and I wouldn't even blink and you'd be crying. <laughs> Graham Sooners used to be manager of Galatasaray. He ran at the middle of the pitch and planted the fucking flag in the middle of the... I think he uh, killed a goat the on circle. the pitch once. Something like that. That seems to be how I remember it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and now he's a bit frightened right, of a flare. Right. I will now execute a goat on the pitch. <laughs> In front of the opposition, in order to intimidate them before kickoff, <laughs> fetch oh, me yeah. the goat. But uh, yeah, it was good because obviously they were just filling time uh, throughout the whole thing. But as soon as was worried that someone threw a can of beer and nearly, nearly what hit him about in the head. Minka Richards, he just laughs a lot, really, doesn't he? He's yeah, he laughing a lot. Yeah, he li- he's likable because he laughs and sort of teases Roy Keane. But I don't think yeah. he actually says anything much. But that's all right. He's a good presence. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he did. He did at one point say that um, the Glazers have ripped the heart and soul out of Manchester United. But I don't think that's, that's just something true. to say, isn't it? Um, yeah, the, he was out of his depth a little bit, I think, because of the Jamie Carragher when he does that fast talking that you're talking about. Mm. He foams slightly at the corner, each <laughs> corner of his mouth. He, he really does. And uh, yeah. Yeah. When we're talking about football stinking, right? I think you said Which it, it does. does dog shit bar me or something, right? Yeah. But let's not forget Jamie Carragher coming on our fucking TV, lecturing us all, all the time, right? Yeah. Oh, listen to fucking what the matter is football. I mean, Gary Neville lectures us, right? I find it a bit annoying because I don't like being lectured by any cunt. But Gary Neville, at least, I think, is an intelligent guy who, although yeah. he's got a manner that's annoying, I think most of the time I make Gary Neville right about stuff. Yeah. Right? He's 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 very intelligent guy, very articulate. Jamie Carragher's got all this shit. And I just think, do you know what? You fucking gobbed at someone, you animal. Every, every single fuck? time I see him, I, I just think of that. 
I can't get I mean, past it. You should be ashamed. Sky should be utterly fucking ashamed. Sky made such a big song and dance about getting rid of Keys and Grey, right? And no one was really that bothered. And obviously they were fucking dinosaurs and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not defending them. But everyone fucking knew. Everyone at Sky. I know loads of people who've worked at Sky Sports for years, right? Some of my best mates have worked there for years. Everyone knew that was the fucking vibe that Richard Keyes and Andy Gray went with. It was only once it got revealed that Sky suddenly go, oh, no, we'll never work with him again. Same as all this Noel Clark stuff, by the way, as well. They all fucking know. Yeah. They only fucking act and come out with these statements to make themselves look good once it's fucking made public, right? Yeah. And they did all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, what they'd said was, you know, offensive, problematic, sexist remarks, right? But end of the day the sort of shit that is being said by daft blokes all over the place in every workplace all the time but it was a very good excuse for them to leave this guy fucking gobbed at someone yeah I mean what is the matter with him (laughs) right they weren't even like being super aggressive they were like giving him a man and his daughter they were doing a man and his daughter daughter. were doing some mild banter my like yeah. really fucking mild banter. Yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. a footballer, you must the shit that gets says to fucking footballers. I mean, if you ever fucking hell at Upton Park, the stuff that was said from the fucking like stands at plays, I'm sure it's the same everywhere. Unbelievable. Like exactly. even yeah. I'd be there and I've been going there since I was a kid. I was hardened to it, but I, I could still be shocked. I'd be oh, you can't say that. <laughs> no, you're overstepped the line. You cannot talk about a man's mother. Right, <laughs> really awful stuff. And this is, it was like Maltese and fucking Carragher's just flopped at the bloke, right? And it's gone on his Through daughter as well. And they said, ah, take a couple of weeks off. You can come back once it's all blown over. Now he's back yeah. on the TV. Yeah. Our fucking Sky subscription's paying for the cunt. And he's there lecturing us, right? Yeah. He's getting, yeah. he's he's making his living off of the back of all of this mad fucking greed machine, right? Yeah. Another good name for a band. He Make said, a note of that. What was it? He said the day, He said something like, "There's always a few idiots in a, any of these circumstances." And he said, "And there'll probably be one image that gets captured and is repeated over and over again as the uh, as the story of the day." And I thought, "What? Like gobbing through someone's car window?" Are you fucking gobbing? Disgusting! And no one fucking talks yeah. about it anymore. No, I don't. I, don't, I, don't. I really like Carragher and Neville. They've got a great double up because they're like uh, they're sort of really intelligent and passionate. And he's like. Well, yeah. Gary Neville's one thing, mate, but fucking Jamie Carragher is a street gobber, a common Gary, street gobber. Yeah, Jamie Carragher is very replaceable in that role that he has. Fuck Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not an integral part of that fucking dynamic that they've they've got there on Sky Sports. And yeah, every single time I see him, I just think, you gobbed through someone's car window. What? Why are you still here? But there we go. Um, I got a uh, text earlier from a mate, and he. Um, knows people in the professional game okay. through to his like his kid is a footballer and stuff reasons and he knows and, and i'm not going to name any names because it's too sensitive but he he knows a, a player a, a black player who is a premier league player um probably we're going back like 20 years now mm. uh it you know not not a superstar but you'll have heard of him and he knows him quite well and he reminded me he told me before and he goes that player once told me that it only had the N-word used directly to his face against him by two players in his whole 
top flight first team career. Right. Only two people had said that to his face, used mm-hmm. that word. Both of those people are now, and by the way, I'll say now it's not Jamie Carragher. It's not why I'm bringing this up, but so okay. I can, you know, I don't want to indicate it was it was any of the people we've talked about today. But they are both very big broadcasters in football, <laughs> right? Okay, now. Yeah. And this bloke, this black player, said that he was once, once invited in to the channel and did a thing on a show. Mm. And he said they both, and he hadn't seen them since he'd retired, but the way that they acted towards him when he was in the studio that day made him 100% certain that they fucking remembered what they'd said to him yeah. on the pitch, both of them. Yeah. And they are both players who sit... In that they sit on the on TV, and it's none of the people that we've mentioned today, but they sit and they fucking lecture us all, mm. and they and they act like butter wouldn't melt, right? And mm. they're absolutely and, and oh, it's just interesting. It's just interesting yeah. because they there's a different side to all these players, and we saw that with Jamie Carragher. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We saw that yeah. with fucking Jamie Carragher, fucking rotten. Well. I'm going to wrap this episode up now because I need to find out the identities of those players. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's it from this one. Um, uh, prediction leg update. Um, where is oh, it? I got quite a lot wrong, I think. Uh, you got one point. Um, did you get one point? Yeah, you've, oh, you've still got Burnley West Ham tomorrow night as well yeah. to come. You got one point. I got three. Results bot got two. So you're 14 points clear still. Five games to go, mate. It's very doable. Something like that. Just just one game to go in the champ, uh, the EFL, so well, that'll be uh, removed so that the, the double points Do you points know who you're playing in the playoffs yet? No, nah, I don't know yet. We've got one more game. We've got Northampton at home on right. Saturday or Sunday next week. And then we'll know after that. Could be having two Wembley visits in one year, mate. Yeah, just like a couple of years ago. And it'll be Charlton in the final again. And yeah. we'll lose because that's wins. what always happens. Yeah. Uh Thanks very much. Uh, that's it from um, us for today. We'll be back throughout the week. Don't throw flares. Not at people. It's important to have a hobby to occupy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>